Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Tokyo Secrets Podcast, presented by AmeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Boken Silver, Nathan Desaf. And today we are continuing our Geki Ranger uh, review by taking a look at uh, Lessons 32 through 43. Last time we did uh, 21 through uh, 31. Uh, we once again got the whole crew here, so I'll let the crew uh, introduce themselves before we get started. Go ahead, guys. Patrick Kinred. All right. And why did I get forced to watch this Christmas episode? Now you know how I felt when you made us watch that Mighty Morphin one. Okay, at least the Mighty Morphin one wasn't that bad. No, no that Mighty Morphin one was pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty it bad. Was <laughs> but not as bad as what we saw here. Yeah. At least to me. And we're and, uh, I'm Anthony, also as Kyoryu uh, Green. Yep. There we go. Uh, before yeah. we get started, Riz, did you watch Lesson 31? Because you accidentally skipped over that um, in the previous video. I started watching it, but then I got bored because it, it wasn't good. And then, <laughs> and then I I already need a plot from listening to you guys talk about it. So I was like, okay, I can't actually watch this. <laughs> so I got about like I got like maybe ten minutes into it, and I was like, no, this isn't worth it. I'm going to bed. <laughs> was it, was it the fact that that the the kid was just like so stupid and didn't want to like? <laughs> yeah. That's the freaking ball. It's like it's not that serious, dude. You just, like, I didn't want to raid that late at night. <laughs> yeah, I have a... the only big thing that happens in that is that it it's the first episode to show uh, Ken and John combine the side blade and uh, the super geki booster. But even then, like like Jungle Fury, you know, just kind of debuts it out of nowhere. So even Jungle Fury didn't care about that episode. Since I didn't care, how can this Power Ranger care? Yeah. I'm yeah, they never, they never adapted this episode, I don't think, in Jungle Fury. Yeah, they literally, the, the first time that, uh, what, that um, Casey uses Dom's uh, Rhino Blade with his Claw Booster, I don't even know what the weapon was called, but we're actually going to see the first time that they use it in Jungle Fury in this video, actually, uh, for this podcast, when they use it against Rizaka. So, yeah. Jungle Fury didn't adapt that episode. And because it was pretty bad. I, I, but no, I failed, y'all. I couldn't do a 31. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all you guys out there who were expecting it, but I couldn't <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. I already struggle enough with Gekki Ranger that I really want to watch another episode. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, we got like a, we got like eleven lessons to cover here, so we better uh, jump right in. Um, I'll give a brief recap on everything that happened uh, in our previous, because uh, a lot of things happened actually last time. So uh, the final Kenma, um, Rio successfully uh, revived him. He's a bare fist wielder called Maku, who apparently has a special type of Rinjuken called Dorinki. And uh, because he has this power, he was able to overpower Ryo and take over as the new leader of the villains. Um, and with Maku being revived, Master Shaf being Niki, 
decided to expand the Geki Rangers, uh, which resulted in Ron being promoted to leader. Not that it really matters since she's not really doing that much leadership stuff. But um, with that, we got uh, two new Geki Rangers. Uh, Retsu's older brother, Go, who was a wolf fist wielder. Uh, he was previously a student alongside Ryo and has his own Shigeki that allows him to become Geki Violet. And then a former student of Master Shafu's called Kin Hisatsu, who is very intelligent but lazy. Uh, he's the sole master of this special type of uh, martial arts, and he's Geki Chopper. Um, and when we last left off with the Geki Rangers, uh, this special weapon called the Sojuto that Kin was given was stolen by Melee, and uh, they are uh, uh, both Melee and Rio have discovered that they have Dorinki and they're traveling to the Jukin Holy Ground where Jukin was first created in order to seek a power to destroy Maku. And while all this is happening, uh, Rio and Melee are being influenced by this new mysterious guy named uh, Long. So uh, here we are. Um, now I'm going to be talking quite a bit here, apologies in advance, because uh, we got um, a four part episode to. Uh, to uh, kick things off, it's basically a four-part uh, final battle with the Kenma. Um, I'm I'm not going to name the names of all these episodes because these episodes' names have just become a mouthful. So I'll try my best, but I'm just getting so exhausted saying all these names. I'm sorry, guys. Um, it took me that long to get tired of it. Oh, I've been tired of it. I've just. <laughs> Can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, so first, uh, lesson 32. Um, you know, I, I could just say some of the stuff, like maybe I won't say all the John gibberish, but uh, the Gathering Beast Origin Village. Um, so, this episode, uh, it's pretty much a big battle between the Kinma and the Seven Kinsei when they arrive to stop Ryo and Melee from uh, entering the Juke and Holy Ground. Um, and uh, we get a little bit of story in this episode uh, where it's revealed that the Kinsei and Kinma were trained under um, the creator of Jukin, who's who uses the same fighting style as, um, excuse me, uh, Ken. Uh, his name was Bruce E., who is very clearly named after Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee being the creator of Jukin. That is, that's so awesome. I love that. The interesting uh, part is Bat Lee was also named after Bruce Lee, right? Jet Lee. That's what he was named after. Jet Lee. Oh, okay. Carry on. Yeah. Um, Maku was supposed to kind of surpass him as the grandmaster but then they but then he and the uh, other three kinma killed brucey when they turned to their evil forms and when the kinma were defeated the kinsei used the soju toe which was what held brucey's soul to create a stone statue creating a rhino god based off of a uh, brucey's uh um geki beast called Psydai, which is this big godlike rhino statue and since ken wields the same uh Fist as Bruce E. He is the only one that can unlock Sidai, so he needs the uh, so he needs the Sojuto. So uh, lesson thirty three uh, is 
It's the second part, but it feels more like just a sequel to, I guess, the Geki Ranger movie. I haven't seen the Geki Ranger movie, so I can't really comment on it. But it's all about Rageku sending uh, the Geki Rangers and Ryo and Melee back to the Edo era, and they have to work together to get the Soju Toe back, which they do. Uh, the only real thing is that uh, in this episode, uh, Ryo and Melee summon their Rengeki beast, the Lion and Chameleon, which were which was a uh, this season's uh, movie mechs. Um, and they can combine to form uh, with Geki Toja to form Geki Rin Toja. They, they get the Soju Toe and then they return home only to find the Juke and Holy Ground on fire, which then leads us to Lesson 34, where the Geki Rangers battle Kata and Rageku. Uh, and after, you know, a huge battle, uh, Ken get, manages to get the Soju Toe back after he defeats Rageku, and then he's able to unlock Psydai, which um, when he awakens Psydai, that causes uh, um, Brucey's soul to uh, kind of erupt from it, like energy droplets, which shower the Geki Rangers and Rinjuken Warriors. Uh, according to Long, this is what's called the Beast Power Bloom. Psydai is able to transform into its warrior mode called Psydio. Uh, so this is the equivalent of the Rhino Steel Zord, uh, Rhino Steel Warrior Mode. I think Dom also called it the Jungle, the Rhino Pride Megazord at one point. Um, Ken defeats uh, Kata. Kata is destroyed for good in this episode. Um, then it leads to Lesson 35, which is the final part of this whole thing where... The Geki Rangers have to battle against Maku to free the Kensei who were all imprisoned in this rock. Um, at one point, Ryo encourages uh, John to defeat the Kenma so that, you know, a new era can kind of begin. Um, both the Geki Rangers and Rinjuken Warriors discover that they've become stronger because of the power given to them from Side-Eye. Uh, they battle against Maku. The Geki Rangers defeat Maku by combining... Uh, they're Geki Beasts. Uh, they combine uh, Geki Fire with Geki Wolf and Psydai to form Psydai Geki Fire, which I guess is the ultimate combination for this mech, but I'll comment on a problem I have with that later on. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, after Maku is defeated, uh, Long arrives. Long reveals that he has this dra golden dragon-like monster form. Uh, this was a Scorch in uh, Jungle Fury. So Scorch has a human form, basically, here in Geki Ranger. Um, they uh, Long kills Rageku himself, declaring that he, they're no longer needed. And this big four-parter ends with uh, Ryo retaking the um, retaking the throne as the uh, as the leader of the Rinjuken Den. Uh, Long reveals that he has the power to unlock this. Uh, type of mythical base Juken called Genjuken, and they prepare to, uh, well, a new era is basically beginning. Uh, so yeah, I just talked for a good uh, three minutes. Anybody want to give their thoughts on this big final battle arc real quick? Um, anybody can go first. Go ahead. Uh, I, I really don't know how to put my feelings into words here it feels 
like it was it was so impactful but at the same time it felt like it wasn't as big as it should have been i don't know if that's just me i was actually hoping that you could explain my thoughts to me uh-huh. because my biggest takeaway from the four parter is this is the perfect place to end Geki Ranger. Like, this felt like a finale, but then it got the, the value of it. The reason you feel so underwhelmed at the end is because the feeling of finale went away when you realize, oh, there's an episode 36 coming up. What's the filler? So mm-hmm. you lose that impact of this being a finale, even though it feels like a finale. And that's my biggest gripe here is one, this should have been the finale. And two, I just feel like they're doing too many things in here to it, it just felt over complicated in the story. And this is the thing I'm starting to notice with Geki Ranger is that they're overcomplicating the story way too much in this part. Uh it's a it's a trend I'm seeing for the rest of the episode, spoiler warning. And so like what did we gain from them going back in time? Thank you. Nothing. Yeah, that Nothing. that Nothing. whole episode was just a waste of time. Like, if I were to pull, if I were to pull another Riz and skip an episode by accident, I wish I skipped thirty-two or whatever, because that episode had no impact on anything. You could have skipped that episode entirely, and then picked up with the burning and everyone getting all upset and mad and I don't know the other thing I don't like is when this four-parter begins we have three Kenma and by the end of it we have no Kenma like I understand that they were around for the longest time they had to die at some point to make way for the next set of generals but they could have killed a general before this, or one or two generals before this, like they didn't have to kill all three of them to span a two episodes. That felt very underwhelming to me after all the buildup. It just completely under it just undermined the entire threat factor of these guys to me. But how would you compare that? Like, I got a question for you then, Riz. Like, they pretty much like kill off the overlords and like you know the same. Okay, well, to be fair. They they let Jellica, that's Rageku's counterpart, uh, live for like one more episode so that she can revive uh, the equivalent of Long and his goons, uh, the Phantom Beast. Uh, but then they kill her like literally at the beginning of that episode. So like, how would you ju- like how would you rake like you know the transition from like the Overlords to the Phantom Beast? You know, while honestly, here the Kinma to the Genjukin. Honestly, Jungle Fury is far superior to me, and here's why. They had better pacing all throughout the season to begin with. And that's despite a rioter strike that we've talked about in great length in our Jungle Fury podcast. I'm not going to rehash it again. And despite the rioter strike, they still managed to give something with good pacing, had a decent story, it was impactful, and you felt like things mattered. Here, they throw in random filler of time travel, timey-wimey crap. You go back in time for no apparent reason. You come back from the past for no apparent reason. And then you all of a sudden with the Rhino Zord. 
By the way, when you say side eye, I hear side duck. FYI. Side? <laughs> and now I cannot unsee that, by the way. So, yeah. It just felt like it was too quick. The pacing felt like it was all over the place. Like, that episode with the time travel, it felt like it dragged on forever. Even though it was 20 minutes of my life, it felt like it was much longer than that. And then, all the story that was going on in there resulted in no real progression for us as the viewer. So, no, Jungle Fury knocked it out the park, honestly. Well, I understand, like, I might disagree with you. Like, okay, I... I agree with the time travel episode. Like, that episode was pointless. I feel like, you know, I guess this is just, like, one of those Sentai... Like, this was back at a time when, like, they felt the need that they needed to insert... Like, I don't know, Sentai, at the time, they don't really do it that much anymore, but they feel like they need to have episodes where they just need to insert the movie mechs into a certain episode. So I guess they decided to just force the episode here. So I can agree on the time travel episode, but... I feel like the build-up to, like, the Kinma being destroyed, I, f I might disagree with you. I feel like the build-up to it was handled a bit better because, like, they, in they introduced Long, like, I'm pretty sure they introduced Long in, like, uh, one of the earlier episodes of our previous video. And, mm -hmm. like, and... Long's been around for a while. Yeah, and... But Long is, like, you know, slowly, like, and then, you know, they establish that um, Maku takes over and Ryo wants to defeat him. So you can tell that, like, Long is, like, slowly, like, pushing things in the way because he wanted to defeat the Kenma so that he could be at Ryo's side for a bigger plan, which we're not going to find out until the endgame arc. So I'm not going to talk with it about that. But I feel like they did do some decent buildup to the defeat of the... Kenma, so I might disagree with you a little bit on that. I I think if they remove the time travel episode and had that be one of the episodes where they like if they elongated one of the fights with them instead, yeah, that would have helped everything. Really, really exactly. Yeah. My thoughts here as well is that had we not had the time travel timey wimey crap, and instead we had more build up and a four parter to help and the Kenma, that would have been fine. Because honestly, I liked the first part a lot. I thought the part where the Kensei are going to help stop Ryu and Melee was great. Like, the way they... They couldn't necessarily fight, but they still used their ribbons to tie them up and hold them. Yeah. I thought that was pretty clever. Yes. And honestly, that was like one of my favorite scenes from this thing was watching the seven Kensei do their thing with the, uh, Kenma. Like, that was really well done. Um, I already ran some of the time travel stuff. I do agree that the time travel episode really bogs this four parter down, though. So I can see what you're saying. And I just. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me how this is like what the second or third time I've had to say this, but how did they make a story important episode filler? <laughs> that's that's that was my curiosity. I was like, how do they do this? Like this, even in like, some of the yeah, older Sentai, they don't do that. Yeah, no, this is like the third time they've done something like this. That's well, they that's, keep putting important story things in a bunch of crap 
filler that we don't care about. Well, this is this is different. This is this is the second episode of a four episode arc, and it's filler. <laughs> how do you exactly? How do you do that? All right. I mean, like, if you want to be technical, Patrick, this is actually a six parter. I think. Because the entire thing from Chopper until the end of this arc is all one big story. More or less. Hunting for the the dagger, getting revealed that Chopper is part of the team, all that stuff feeds into the story. Yeah. So So smack dab in the middle of the story arc, there's a random filler episode. Just for no reason at all. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. That entire subplot with uh, Batley and that old lady, whatever yeah. that day, that entire thing was also filler. But at least that was entertaining filler. It was entertaining filler, yes. Yeah, but so, it was it was still a plot important episode, right? But like and what I'm saying, filler like, at the same time, <laughs> they do this a lot, and it it's starting to bug me a lot, like. I this is maybe like what my eighth, ninth Sentai that I've seen, and I've never seen any other season do something like this. And this season has yeah. done it about three or four times. It's it's insane. I don't, I, I don't know how they do this. Sixth or seventh as well, and I've never, I haven't seen it in anything else either. Like I'm genuinely impressed with how the ways they write this season poorly. It's not just like standard bad. It's like unique bad. <laughs> it's like they took lessons from America on how to not write stories. Yeah. Because think about it. Overdrive was probably around the same time for this thing. And so having two seasons in America and Japan that are not equally bad, because I will still say Overdrive is worse. But this is getting there. I don't know. I don't know if I would say that the season is necessarily bad so far. It's just confusing me. It's terrible to me so far. I hate it. No, you haven't seen terrible yet. <laughs> oh, I'm ready to prove you wrong on Zero Ranger. Oh, but <laughs> now I still say Ghost Sager is worse because at least this Sentai has entertaining villains like. Ghostsager doesn't even give me that. Yeah, the villains are good. I'll give you that. Speaking of which, what did you think of Law? Like, I asked this to mainly Riz and Patrick since they've never seen this Sentai before. What did you think of Long's, like, big revelation, like, you know, with his monster form? That he was I, a dragon? Yeah. I thought it was fine. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't think it was. It felt like they just kind of took it as who cares information. It wasn't like a grand reveal or anything. Yeah, you're right. A lot more impact if that was revealed and they had to fight him at that moment in time. I think it would have been better if because I I see where this is going. He's going to reveal himself to Ryu and it's going to be I think if they saved it for then probably during the the final arc or something it probably would have had a bigger impact, but they just kind of lazily showed it off here, and it's like, it's like oh, okay. <laughs> the, yeah. Don't don't even take your big villain reveal 
as as anything serious. Thanks. Now, I will say, Nate, with all my complaining set aside, not counting the time travel episode, these three episodes were the most tolerable of Gekki Ranger to me. Because I actually enjoyed a lot of it. I just have a lot of issues with their sensibilities here, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course that makes sense. So, just, just want to throw it out there as like, a, hey, I do like what they're doing, but to answer your original question, Jungle Fury did it better. You want to give any thoughts, Anthony? You've been kind of quiet. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Hold on. That was- there's a train coming. Hold on. There's I was wondering train. if that's what that noise was. <laughs> hey, all aboard the Imagination Station. We're not talking about... Okay, while we're waiting... Watch me know. We can just cut this part out. We keep the Imagination Station. Huh. And in it's case great. you want to know if we ever get around to Tokyo... No, I don't want to see that. <laughs> We've already done Tokyo. We've already done Tokyo. We're not oh, good. Again. Good, so I don't have to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a long train, Anthony. I mean, if you've ever been, if you've ever been stuck at train tracks, y- you'll understand. Yeah. Just like they always happen at the worst time. <laughs> okay, I think, I think, it, I think it's gone. Okay, go ahead. So, my thoughts on this was exactly how. Patrick and Riz Phil. That episode was so pointless. Why did they do that? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Freaking Rocketchi. She just oh, like, oh, I'm gonna use my my BS time travel ability that I've never used before. I'm like, why? Yeah, no. How did she do that? Yeah, how did she get that? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Like. My God! Like she had this whole this whole ability in her pocket the whole time, and she didn't think of using it before. <laughs> Why? Why if you need power, go. Mocking <laughs> that, go, go, go. Oh, like, uh, go, go. Irritated me so much, and it's like, and and then with Rio like losing his memory, I'm like that. That didn't really even like. Yeah, no. They wrote it out as like a big thing. Oh, he lost his memory. And then long, a couple minutes later, it's like, here you go. And then it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, like, why Why did make him lose his memory to begin with? Just to give Melee her one shot at having a husband. Right. That's literally why it was. Oh my god. I mean, he wanted to be a good husband to her. Like, like, bro, like, you were a terrible husband too. Like, yeah. She's, she's honestly, I'm not, I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm sure I can't even say this because, like, I don't want us to feel, uh, us to, like, talk about, like, something very heavy topic like this. This feels like, a DV type of situation where, like, she, even though she's not being treated well, she still takes it. And I'm like, can you not, lady? Like, get some standards, please. I know you like this man, but but get some standards, please. Jesus. Even, even Camille wasn't this bad as, like, you know, love struck. Thank you. See, the weird thing is, I don't, I, I always had that problem with Camille and Jungle Fear because I didn't think they played into it enough. Here well, it's, not here they're playing it too much. Yeah, like, I like Melee as a character. I genuinely do. But I like her more when she's the kind of the on-the-ground 
almost like lead general for his army. But when she starts getting this whole lovey-dovey thing over Ryu, that's when she becomes kind of annoying to me. Yeah. You know, for the longest time while watching the Sentai, Melee was one of my favorite parts of it. But as as it gets more lovey-dovey and like head over heels for the guy and it's not written well, I start to get less and less interested in it and her by extension. Yeah, like I can I, see that. They he, went a little too far with that episode. Upper yeah. standards. Just saying. Uh, one last thing uh, before we move on to the next, um, you know, we so we got two new mechs. Uh, what do we think of? Uh, I okay, I guess just for the sake that Riz doesn't hear anything different, what do we think of? Like in general, the Rhino Steel Zord and the Rhino Steel Megazord. Like, what do you guys think of that? I like him. I, I like him. Yeah, honestly. And this I, is something I like about him more so going kind of forward to the rest of these episodes is that, that he's this mech has turned Geki Chopper into a force. Yeah. Like he's become like the the ace killer of this team all of a sudden with this thing. <laughs> he has more importance and weight than Dom ever did. Yes. Like if Geki Ranger's done anything right it's writing the Rhino Ranger correctly. Yeah, Geki Chopper is so much better than Rhino Ranger. He like really the is. only character they've written better. I mean, I, w- I would say Go is as good as RJ for good different no. reasons. Okay. He's good in his own way. I don't yeah. compare him to RJ. Yeah. You know, Go is a great character as a standalone, but I can't compare him to RJ. Yeah. Well, RJ is kind of a mix between Go and Master Shafu, anyway, so... Basically. Yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, Sidai is another one, like like I said, I'm not a big fan of Geki Fire, okay. but I think Sidaio and Geki Toja are but like, Sidaio. I would even say that Sidaio is a little bit better looking than Geki Toja. No, I still like Geki Toja better. Yeah, Geki, yeah, Geki Toja is the best mech in the season, <laughs> easily. Am I the only one that's not really a fan of uh, Sadayo, like the, the mecha form. It's just, it, you know, this whole season is supposed to be about about you know martial arts and fighting and all that stuff. But it's like that you have this thing. And you're just like, you know, what I'm saying. I understand that you know you guys like like the form or whatever. I mean, aesthetically, just, yeah, aesthetically speaking, he kind of doesn't fit in because he's like a knight. I get yeah, that. Yeah, but but I don't know. I just, I I like mechs that just rip through enemies like paper. And this is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> now, I hate it. This is not my favorite. Yeah. Now, with that being said, well, okay, even if, you know, you guys might not say that it looks as great as Geki Chopper, I would still say, okay, I know it's debatable over whether or not Geki Chopper is a Sixth Ranger, since he wasn't part of the Sixth Ranger line of keys in Gokaiger, but if we were to consider Geki Chopper the Sixth Ranger of the Sentai, I would probably say that... Uh, Side IO was probably one of my top five favorite sixth ranger mechs. If I'm being honest with that, um, would you guys agree? Let me think. At least in the top ten. 
Because I just think it looks awesome. Top 10 I'll give you, because I have a parcel to some other Six Ranger mechs. Yeah, I know. Like, we like our Q-Rexes. Well, okay, V-Rex and Time Ranger, or, you know, Dragon Caesar. Like, uh, yeah. you know, we like that stuff. It, I, it, now, it's not as good as those. I'm not going to say that, but... I love my Pyramidus, damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, great, great Pyramider. Such a stupid name. It is. Name. <laughs> I liked Kyoryu. I think Kyoryu Gold might have one of probably the best next to Time Fire, but that's just Golden me. Pterodactyl. Yeah, I forgot what its name was off the top of my head. Terra Gordon. Yeah, Terra Goldon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Terra was sick. It's just something yeah. about a, a golden pterodactyl that just rains electricity. I'm I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Static. All right, now w- one last thing. Uh, we're talking about a lot, but unfortunately, like, we had two different mech things uh, talked about here. So I guess we get what passes for our final big mech combination with Psydai, Geki Fire, and spoiler alert, there's also an alternative version, uh, Psydai Geki Toja, where you just simply take the, well, like Psydai Geki Fire, you use the Gorilla, Penguin, and Gazelle, and then in the Psydai Geki Toja, you use the Tiger, Jaguar, and uh, Cheetah. Um, I know Riz and I were talking about it earlier, like, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it look like a stampede of animals, but like this final combination line is why I have issues with the Geki Ranger line as a whole. Because like, because here's the thing: the previous Sentai Bokinger, we got Ultimate Daiboken, which was like Ultimate Daiboken. I think we can say was like the beginning of like the big like you know ten plus mechs being combined into one big giant overcluttered cluster fuck part of my language there and then <laughs> even after this sentai we got engine og12 oh, g12 is a mess but i love it <laughs> and then after after g12 we got samurai hao and shinkinger and then after that we got i guess hyper go say great and go say i don't know go say respects were kind of weird so uh, this like so in um like this like is we're officially in the era of like the overcluttered final mechs that are a mess but you love it so mm-hmm. for this to be like the final mech formation for geki ranger i mean i see what they're trying to do they're trying to make it like a bun like a stampede of animals which makes sense because you know they're all animals and stuff but I just feel like it could be better because, like, it's not even a combination. It's just put the Red Rangers mech on top of the Rhino, like it's a centaur type of thing, and then have the other animals like stand next to it. So, is that even really a combination? Because it doesn't even do that. It's for me. it's more of a combination than the stinking Chi Palace from Die Ranger. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That is that's the sing- that's the single worst final mech in Sentai. Let's just stack yeah. everything on top of each other like a tower and then just drop it on the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's insane. That, that's the Thunder Ultra Zord for people who haven't seen Die it, Ranger, by the way. But in Die Ranger, uh, I think it was called the Ultimate Chi Palace, and it was, it's the dumbest thing ever. But this, this thing is on par with things like Ultimate Daijujin, where it's just have something stand on top of something else and have it just overpower you. It's it's 90 Sentai Final Mecha level, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I 
I have a slightly different opinion of you, Nate. I, I'm not going to say I love the configuration here um, of the Zords in their, in their ultimate configuration, but I have to give respect to them for trying something different. They took a risk here, and they tried something new, something that we hadn't seen before, and I honestly think Given the motif of the season, it works. But I do 100% see where you're coming from. I think it would have worked better if it actually incorporated everything at once. Like, if they wanted it to be like an animal stampede, then have all of them be there for it. Well, I think there's a later version where they are all there for it, right? I I think, but... We might have to see. Maybe they'll maybe they'll have that in the finale arc. I remember seeing it at Singapore. I think like all of them together. Yeah, possibly. I think when they uh, when they battled uh, the like three headed dragon version of Dai Shi. No, 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 no. That's no, no, no. That didn't happen. Uh, it was right before that. Maybe when they defeated Scorch for the first yeah. time. I, I don't yeah. know. What we'll, we'll we'll see that when we get to the finale arc next time. Yeah. But. uh... Yeah, that's all I got to say about the Zords. Uh, you want to give any thoughts on that, Anthony? Oh, no. I said my piece. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do we want to give this uh, four-parter? Mm-hmm. Out of ten. Six? Seven-ish? Six and a half-ish? I don't know. Yeah, I got a <laughs> lot. I, I admit, like, you know, I gave it an eight at first, but looking at it now, I want to bring it down to a seven just because that time travel episode yeah. is a lot more annoying than i remember so that's what box it down that time travel episode ruined the score for me <laughs> yeah. six okay. what about you riz i gave it a six. Oh, okay cool oh, actually kind of in unison on that that's creepy i oh. never happened <laughs> let me take my four real quick to a two <laughs> <laughs> there we're back to being normal so we got a string of uh, filler episodes now, so thankfully we're not going to do as much discussion. Uh, well, okay, not really long. We probably just spent a really long time talking about all the stuff in that four-parter, but can you blame us? A lot of stuff happened there. Um, so next up we have 36, uh, the three Phantom Thief sisters. Uh, in this episode, there's three thieves who steal a diamond from uh, that's like prized by Master Elahong and uh, Retsu and Elahong and Sharky try to battle them. And at the same time, the other Geki Rangers, so John, Ron, Go, and Ken are fighting over who gets to keep Psydai. Uh, I guess you could say that this episode is kind of the clip show because Sentai episodes, uh, even back then, you know, Sentai, I don't think there was one in Shinkinger, but there was definitely one in Gokaiger, um, where that, you know, they do clip show episodes because, you know, even Power Rangers was doing this at the time, um, where, and, and they kind of do it because, like, when John, Retsu, when John, Ron, and Go are fighting over who gets to keep Side Eye, Ken says they have their own Geki Beast, and then they all flash back to, like, their Geki Beasts coming in, so I guess it's kind of a filler episode, uh, clip show episode. Um, the only one who appears transformed, ironically, even though Retsu plays a huge part in this, uh, Ken is the only one who appears transformed um, outside of the flashbacks. Uh, but the big thing that happens here is that 
Long returns to the Rinjuken Den. Uh, he announces that uh, Rio is going to be their leader, and we get the debut of another villain who is uh, Long's partner called Sanyo, who is the uh, wielder of the Basculus Fist. We'll find out more about Genjuken later. Um, you know what? Much like the Jungle Fury Clip Show episode, uh, the, the, the Jungle Fury Clip Show episode where they get put on this game show and they have to answer these questions. Okay, that episode was crazy and i think this episode is not much better like i mean there's there's scenes that make me laugh like retsu elahong and sharky getting drunk and like retsu doing drunk fighting i guess that's funny but i don't know this episode just i don't know what do you guys think it sucks yeah (laughs) though i think this episode would have been okay if they cut out the the others fighting over side io yeah it was completely irrelevant D- do, do we need every episode to have every character in it this this episode was kind of a retsu focused episode sort of so why not just have him be kind of like, have him have like a solo episode or something like i don't i don't get it <laughs> oh. And Ron and Go feel out of character. Ron and Go don't feel yes. like the kind of people that would be, hey, I deserve to have this man. Okay, John doing it fine, because John is John. Yeah. But Ron and Go, that's just... Stu- they feel completely out of character in this episode. Yeah. yeah. A lot of thoughts here. I want to unpack real quick. Number one, um, I... Just to give my quick thoughts on this, and also to mention a quick tidbit that I told Nate earlier. Um, when the Phantom Thief sisters appear in the beginning, we actually hear the Charlie's Angel theme song from the old TV show playing in the background. We do hear it. I... Okay, so um, I wasn't crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have looked it up after, and it was definitely in there. Um, so that's my little tidbit on this episode. I like the entire uh, Retsu and um, the thieves interacting back and forth and all the drunken martial arts stuff, that was fun. That yeah, was yeah. genuinely a good episode. But I have many opinions on the Psyduck stuff. So, one, I know Ron was told she's captain of the Gek- Geki Rangers a while back, but like, she never does anything until now when she says, I'm captain. I said have Psyduck. Like, that came out of left field. It was completely pointless. She hadn't done anything to really earn the title then or now. She's just holding on to some plastic title with no meaning to it just to get the Psyduck. That's literally it. And yes, I'm calling it Psyduck for the rest of this episode. You can't stop me. <laughs> so... I don't like how they made Ron in this episode, like, all egotistical and, ooh, I'm Captain, I need it. Uh, same with Go. I, I get why Go thinks he deserves it over Ken, because he's more responsible, he's more skilled, and he's more dedicated, whereas Ken, for the 20 millionth time, stole a damn dagger. I get it. It happened. It's done. Don't keep harping on it. It's boring. Like, if we had just not had the side-eye dagger subplot, 
my opinion, this episode would be a lot better. Yeah. I'm not going to outright blurt it sucks like Anthony did, because it didn't suck. It just didn't meet... To me, it did. It, it, just wasn't, it just wasn't what I wanted. I didn't want all the Psyduck stuff to happen. I wanted them to focus on Retsu and let him have a drunken afternoon with his friends. I mean, they're also sitting here like, the guy who doesn't have his own dedicated mech who found a mech that looks like a rhino, which is the, the animal he represents. No, he shouldn't have it. I should have it. I'm just being like, why don't I give him one of my mechs? I have four. And this this, so this episode this episode really felt like something we would see in Overdrive. Because there was an yeah. episode yeah. just like this in Overdrive. And there is I, an I hated that episode too. <laughs> But at least this has drunken martial arts fighting. That one didn't. The only probably my, I kind of wish that the the one of the three sisters who ended up liking Retsu stuck around. So I kind of liked her. Yeah, I know. I like. I wanted her to stick around and be like an admirer turned girlfriend later kind of thing. Yes, bingo. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You you hit the nail on the head. Like that's what I wanted. I, I want Retsu to have more to him, just like I want Ron to have more to her. Because, quite frankly, even up until now, I knew nothing about Ron. Yeah, the only time I can remember someone having a love interest that in one episode and she sticks around as like a recurring character is uh, Gingo Blues. In yes. Love interest in Geki Ranger, which I love that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gingo Man, sorry. I really love that. Gingo Man? Huh? Don't insult Gingo Man. Right. No, I'm not insulting Gingaman. No, it was it was Gingaman. Gingaman. Yeah, uh, Ginga Blue and Red Racer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Red Racer's love interest is also a main villain. So does that really count? I mean, it was one of the best parts of Car Ranger, so I'm counting it. One hundred percent. Um. Uh, one thing to note is that uh. Some of the um, people, uh, so two of the actresses who uh, played the sisters are actually suit actors. Um, one of them actually started with the Sentai. She's actually a ROM suit actor for Geki Yellow, and she also did a Go On Yellow, uh, Shinkin Pink. Uh, and then the other one um, did uh, stuff up until this Sentai. Uh, she was Hurricane Yellow, Abari, no, no, Hurricane Blue, sorry, Abar Yellow. Deca Swan, Maji Pink, and then she was also Rageku's uh, suit actor. Always pretty cool when uh, suit actors uh, get to be on the show. But mm -hmm. uh, um, what will we give this episode? Like, the ranking? Oh, wait a minute. I, I, need, to, I need to get my, my thoughts on this episode, though. Oh, yeah. Sorry uh -oh. about that. <laughs> this episode was pointless as all hell. Why? Okay. If they had just made this episode about just Retsu trying to get the diamond back, I would have had no issue with this whatsoever. However, it, the whole thing with the sisters and this like, oh yeah, we're going to steal this and like, we don't even know how they even knew about this, about this diamond or anything. It just, it just happened randomly. And then the stuff with, with them fighting over the freaking dagger and it was just so... Dumb and so pointless. Why do they do this? 
The somewhere wow. cursing to Anthony's rant and make him rant more because I realized something that we didn't talk about that mm. I know will set him off again. What's that? So they mentioned in the early part of the episode that this diamond is a relic of Zuokan. I don't understand the exact like thing of what importance it really had in Zuokan. But Elahan said, yeah, this is a really important thing for our our martial arts stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's going to give some kind of power-up, some kind of um, something. No. But no, it literally goes to melee. She drops it, it breaks, and she leaves it on the ground for anyone else to find it, because it's no big deal. Like, why, why mention that this thing is a relic of Jukin and then not do anything with it? Yeah. That was stupid. And then Aww. you have this like, and she just this go just doing it's like oh like why are you doing things and you're just a regular ass uh Renshi? <laughs> like can you just go somewhere and just just He wants off? to feel loved. Well, this, this episode just isn't good. Well, love, well, for him, love sucks, so deal with it. Yeah. I'd probably give this episode a four. Five. Anthony? Two! Dang! <laughs> Riz? Surprise, I'm gonna give it a six, because I actually really liked the uh, drunken martial arts subplot and all the and that's the only reason why I give, I'll give it a two or something. No, yes, no, that's hard. I could have given it a one, but I'm giving it a two because of that. Well, I'm being much nicer today, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, it seems so. Oh, like, oh, snap, he's doing, like, drunken fists like Jackie Chan did. It's pretty cool, but other than that, eh. It's with Sarki-chan. Come on. You gotta see the uh, awesomeness here. Yeah. You know what I mean, but Jackie Chan did do the drunken fist in some of his movies. I know, I know that's what I'm saying, but Sarky Chan, Jackie Chan, <laughs> come on, work with me. You know what I mean! <laughs> you know what I mean, too. It's not about him. It's not about him right now. <laughs> it's about him all the time. Sarky Chan's the best thing in the world. You must right, protect so Sarky Chan at all costs. All right, so next up, uh, episode 37, uh, useless arranged marriage discussion. Uh, one centric episode. episode. Do what? Sorry, did you say useless filler episode? No, I said another filler episode. No, no, no. It's useless filler discussion episode. Okay. I thought you said useless, too. I was like, did you say useless? That's what I, 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 I thought I heard. No, the, the title of the episode is Useless Arranged Marriage Discussion. I'm making a play on the fact that it has the word useless and calling <laughs> this episode useless. Dang oh, it. okay, okay. Yeah, that's like, true. Patrick like, Jonah gets like, me. Hey, mate, I know you think it was that useless. <laughs> Patrick Jonah right. gets me. I, I see how it is. <laughs> All right, so anyway... Uh, so in this episode, uh, Ron's mother, whose name is Reiko, uh, she arrives in town to attempt to convince Ron to leave the Geki Rangers and get married. Uh, we get a flashback that reveals that Ron was like a track champion in school, and then she met Master Shafu and uh, decided to give up track to become a Geki Jukin student because she felt it was her calling, even though her mom didn't approve. 
the big thing that happens in this episode, what a shock, is that we get more villain revelation. Uh, because this Sentai cares more about its villains than its actual title characters. Um, Long reveals to Ryo and Melee about Ginjukin, which is a new type of Jukin that uh, draws power from mythological creatures. Uh, so he wields a dragon fist. Uh, Sanyo is a basilisk. Uh, basilisk, sorry, I get my tongue tied when I say that, sorry. Um, and uh, their third member, uh, Sanyo, kind of entered carrying this tomb that hasn't been opened yet. It, but he wields a chimera fist. Um, this form of Jukin gives them power called Genki. Um, and at the end of this episode, Melee undergoes a blood ceremony that gives her Genki, and she gets a new Phoenix fist form. So Melee is no longer Chameleon, she's Phoenix. Uh, you know, aside from the stuff about Genjukin, I mean, I don't know. This is another one of those episodes that could have been good, giving Ron something to do, but does it? I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? I wasn't kidding earlier when I said this episode is useless, by the way. <laughs> and, and here's why. I have been begging for 36 episodes to give me something with Ron, to give me more information on her. And for 36 episodes, we got nothing. And then we get this filler. And we get a little bit of here and there, but it's still not, like, interesting. Not it's not enough. It's, it's simply too little too late. This episode could have happened at, like, the 15-episode mark. It didn't have to wait until now. There's nothing in here to make us need to wait. And the fact that we have to wait to get just a little nugget of information on Ron, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know, Patrick may have a better way to explain it than me, but I feel like the villains are getting too much Deus Ex Machina stuff going on. Uh, I, I kind of agree, but I have it I kind of have a different way of looking at it, and it's something I wanted to touch upon here. When we got to this season, the thing I was looking forward to the most was, with this being a martial arts-centric Sentai, it was going to be about... Cause it, 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 it worked a little bit in the early episodes, uh, like the episode where... Retsu was fighting on the side of the building, and when they were learning to get their second weapons, the, the ball and chain, the fans, and the swords, was them getting stronger through learning different martial art styles and techniques. But as the season's gone along, they've dropped that in favor of what I like to call Dragon Ball scaling, where it's just... You're a better martial artist now because you got infused with stronger energy all of a sudden. The Kageki? Yeah. Well, I mean, even before that, with the the Super Geki Rangers and all this stuff, like, all these new forms of the different styles and everything, it doesn't, it feels like it lost its martial artist footing and just became a typical 
tea-centric season akin to, like, like I said earlier, Dragon Ball, where it's just, you don't actually get stronger because you improve your technique. You got stronger because you got better energy. And that's literally Dragon Ball Super in a nutshell. Yeah. And it's made the progression of their, of everybody, the uh, Rio Melee, the Geki Rangers, it's made their progression as fighters come off as lazy, as the season's gone along. And this introduction of this, because Melee did nothing to earn this. She didn't work or grow or anything to become stronger. She just got handed stronger energy, and now she's just better than everyone else. And I was hoping the season wouldn't come to this about the halfway mark, but it's they're being unapologetic with it now, and I don't yeah. like this. Been like this for a little while though with the power up stuff and getting things that they don't deserve. I'm looking at you super mega whatever Ooh, yeah. ranger mode. Yeah. That was where this problem really started. And it's just progressively gotten worse. Yeah, it's <clears throat> I was listening to a podcast earlier by some friends who were talking about Mega Force and they had a line about how Ghost Ghost Day rewards anyone with a power up for just sneezing. And we're not we're not quite there yet, but we're definitely trending in that direction right now for the villain. Yeah. I mean, the Gekka Rangers as well. I'm not going to say this to villains, but at the moment, the villains are the most egregious case of it, in my opinion. So, so Chris, so Chris, I have to ask you this now. Um, how did you feel when they did kind of the same thing with? Uh, Jungle Fury, when it came to um, like Phantom Beast coming in and saying, hey, we want to make you our, you know, our Beast General or whatever, and like Camille could be a, like a, 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 you know, a, a king, no, king, no, to make uh, him the Beast King and then make Camille a General. How did you feel about that as opposed to this? It's honestly a little bit similar in this case. Um... I mean, Camille but, literally asks for the spirit of the phoenix in Jungle yeah. Fury. But, like, I felt like there's more attachment with Camille and the phoenix spirit. Like, she wanted it for some reason. Here, Melee just says, okay, I'll do the ceremony for the blood thing because I love Ryu so much. And she gets the phoenix fist. Like, there's no, let me request what I want. There's no, um, Input. It's just blindly doing something for the one that she likes. So you feel like uh, it's better with uh, Camille because she actually got to like pick what she wanted, as opposed to her just just doing it. Because you know, she chose that path. Um, yeah, she did it partly for Jared, but also I feel like Camille at that point was also kind of doing it for herself to prove her worth to herself. Because if you remember in Jungle Fury, Camille for a little while was feeling a little undervalued, I guess. Yeah. And once she got this power-up, she got some confidence to go with it. So I think they wrote that part of the story much better in Jungle Fury once again.
what do we want to um did you want to add anything to this episode anthony um i didn't honestly i didn't really hate this episode i just kind of feel like they should have just done a little bit more is all i'm saying um like i honestly think jungle fear did a lot better with its episode because like i said it focuses on the story and the characters like what's going on oh phantom beasts are here what are they doing they're kidnapping the other masters and you know they have their and the main rangers are fighting against one of their uh their minions and they're getting slaughtered so it it just felt you know it made sense uh what do we want to give this episode guys Four. Four. Yeah, I give it a four. I'll give it a five. Okay. Wow, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, next up we have another uh filler episode called uh, another Retsu. Uh so in this episode, uh Retsu comes under a spell from a Genjukin beast. He gets trapped in the mirror world, his evil reflection comes alive and threatens to replace him. Uh the only the only two major things that happen is that uh, um, uh, Geki Toja Wolf actually combines with Geki Bat. Geki Bat Toja Wolf. Uh, this is the first time that Geki Toja Wolf combines with an auxiliary mech, and, I'm pretty, and I think it's the only time that happens. Uh, and at the very end of this episode, uh, Long wants to convince Ryo to undergo the blood ceremony to get Genjukin 2, and he awakens his second partner, the Chimera Fist wielder Sugu, who Ryo recognizes. We'll talk about that later. Um, what? Uh, I don't know. This is actually one where I, I, I don't want to do this, but this is actually one of those times where, like, uh, the, the Jungle Fury episode was a lot better because the Jungle Fury equivalent was when uh, Theo's twin brother comes and we find out more about like Theo and like where his insecurities come from. That might actually be one of my favorite Jungle Fury episodes. Uh, here, they kind of try to lean in with Retsu having some issues with Go, but I don't... I don't know. I Nothing comes of it. It's a problem. Yeah. Like, they have a conflict. He calls him a little baby. Gretzky gets mad. Nothing's ever resolved. It's kind of left. It's just not done well. It's it leaves a lot for for to be desired here. You want to say anything, Anthony or Patrick? No, I don't have anything to say for this one. <laughs> It was just, it was just okay. I didn't really like, like it all that much. But there is an interesting fact that, uh, because the whole thing with the twin brothers thing is actually interesting because in this episode, um, the reflection, the the fake Retsu, was actually played by Retsu's actor's bro- um twin brother in real life. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Oh, he has a twin brother. Oh, I thought that was just Retsu's actor. No. It, oh, it, wow. Uh, Tanagi's uh, own twin brother, Shinpei Tanagi. That's the actor's name. So he's another oh. Sentai actor that has a twin brother. Uh, the other one, for those back home that don't know, uh, the guy who plays uh, Kazu Kirin Ranger, uh, he also has a twin brother yep. uh, from Die Ranger. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. 
that's kind of cool, I guess. Okay, so this episode was. Okay, so this episode was for those two then. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I could tell something was off because like Retsu's, I can tell Retsu's nose was a little different from the reflection one. I was like, is that his, is that his brother? Because they don't look, they they look similar, but I, I could tell like the different. Well, that different. would ex- that would explain how they had those shots of them fighting each other. Because normally, because yeah. normally if they have an actor playing two people at the same time, they don't show their faces on screen at once. I was oh, that I found that weird. I was like, how are they doing that, making it look so clean? Well, there you go. <laughs> right. I have the same question to you, Patrick, but I quickly forgot the question when we started recording. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the question because you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, I'd give this probably, I don't know, five. Nothing bad, nothing good. Yeah, same five. here. I'd give, give it five. Two. Okay. Okay, this us giving the scores that are similar it certainly irked me out. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> want to have different, different? I, I can go lower if you want to. <laughs> I mean, I can too. <laughs> okay. All right. Next, we get a Mickey-centric episode. Uh, the chi- the children don't return. Uh, Natsume, Natsume is her daughter, who's been a recurring character in the show. Uh, she runs away from home after a fight with Miki, and then she gets brainwashed by one of Melee's guards. Um, an important epi- part of thing in this episode is that Ryo is con- intrigued by Sugu. Uh, Sugu cannot talk, though, because he's in a mindless state, and... Ryo discovers that Sugu has the same Geki as the White Tiger Man that we established in, uh, you know, at the um, end of the, uh, like, I think in the uh, uh, second video, the second podcast we did on Geki Ranger, he has, like, a vendetta against this one guy who wielded the White Tiger spirit. We find out that Sugu is actually him. Uh, his name is Don, um, whom he viewed as a brother. Uh, I'll... I, I don't want to... Um, I'll bring up who plays Don in a minute because um, it's actually kind of big. But uh, I want to start off... I actually like this episode. Um, I... Because I know this may sound weird, but when it comes to, like, the main characters... Okay, with the exception of Ken and Go, who have kind of come into their own as characters, before Ken and Go came, as weird as it sounds, Miki was my favorite character because, like, I always thought that Miki had, like, a real, like, She's tough and no nonsense, but you know she also has like a real motherly edge to uh, to um, John. And like Patrick said on more than one occasion in in this series, she should be a Geki Ranger too. This um, should have been the episode where she got her suit too. Yeah, um, you know she's like Decca Swan, you know. Or I guess if we want to do Power Ranger comparisons, it's she's not Fran, which would technically be her. Jungle Fury counterpart, but she's like Cat from SPD. Um, Wouldn't you know, even equate her to Fran, honestly, because Fran and her are very different people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you're more correct when you say Cat from SPD. Yeah. And, you know, I like this because, you know, she, well, first of all, okay, Natsume running away from home because she ate her favorite food. Okay, you can say that that's stupid, but Natsume is like what? Like, 10 years old, of course a little kid is going to like that. It's adorable. Like, yeah. Um, and I love the relationship, you know, how she's the one who's actively fighting to uh, save Natsume and all that. So, 
It's simple stuff, but I actually really like this episode. And maybe it's just because I have some bias toward Miki because she's been my favorite character before Go and Ken came into the show. But yeah, I actually really liked this episode. Yeah, she's a hard character to hate. Yeah. Like, really is. And it makes me even more angry that they didn't give her a ranger suit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> come on, she come on. She can use Geki and she's a leopard like, fist user. Make, make her Geki orange or something, come on. That would actually <laughs> fit very well, like, I get, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, Geki ranger. Yeah. And, and, you know, you don't have, you could do something similar to, like, what they did with Decca Swan, like maybe her Geki Jukin is a little rusty, so she can't always transform and she has limits to it. Because they give that explanation in Decca Swan that she can only transform once every couple of times. So there's ways to work around it, but like, yeah. Like, it, it just sucks. She should have become, you know what? I, Patrick is right. She should be Geki Orange. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Riz? You've been kind of quiet here. I like this episode a lot more than I thought I would. Um, this is the first time I really kind of thought about Miki a lot, and I think Miki's a really good character in this episode. And also, Natsumi's is really cute. Like, adorable cute. Mm. And yeah. I honestly liked that Miki got in the cockpit of Saida. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I, was, I was actually kind of hoping... That Mickey would actually Henson into White Rhino. Yeah. Like, give her a skirt or some kind of identifiable trait to make it obvious that she's, she's a Geki Ranger for a moment. I don't I know. know I thought it would be really appropriate. There was something intimidating about her controlling the mech in a business suit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Exactly. I never want to mess with her. I know, right? Yeah, and I, I love episodes where, like, you know, someone who doesn't have a ranger form, like, hijacks the mech. Like, when uh, Commander Aya and Jetman used a Jet Garuda. Oh, yeah, she was... It was the same kind of intimidation factor. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you want to add anything, Anthony? Oh, no, everybody else said what I wanted to say, so I'm good. I'm going to give this uh, an 8 out of 10. Like, go Miki. That's all I got to say. Yeah, same here. I'm going for a 9, because I want to be different. Ooh. Oh, okay. Cool. And Anthony? I'm going to give it an 8, too. Cool. Um, now, I did mention earlier during the uh, analysis, uh, Don is portrayed by a special actor, uh, and Don is going to play a huge part in these uh, next two episodes. Uh, Don is actually portrayed by a veteran toku actor, uh, Kenji Oba. Um, his credits include... Uh, uh, we have seen him... Uh, we, we've actually seen him before on this podcast uh, for Go um, for Gokaiger, actually, because uh, uh, he had three different toku roles. He was Shiro Akebono, or Battle Kenya, uh, the Black Ranger for Battle Fever J., uh, Daigoro Ome, or Dingy Blue, from Dingy Man. And uh, Retsu Ichijoji, sorry if I butchered that, um, who's the titular character from the first Metal Hero series, Uchu Cage Gabon. Um, he uh, reprised all these roles in Gokaiger at one point. Um, 
And uh, he was also a human form, uh, one of several human forms that Shurikinger takes on in Nimpu Sentai Hurricanger. So yeah, this guy's got quite a bit of a uh, Toku resume. Just wanted to bring that up. Um, so speaking of Don, um, these next uh, few episodes uh, are a big revelation um, on him. Um, so we get a Lesson 40, The Shock of Truth, uh, where the Geki Rangers encounter Don. Um, we get some flashbacks about Don, where it's revealed that uh, Don trained under Master Shafu alongside Go, Ryo, and Melee. Uh, they looked up to him as like an older brother. Um, but Ryo became obsessed with trying to uh, surpass him, and he actually killed Don in battle after embracing Rinjukin. But then Don revealed that he had a son. Um, remember that, because I'm about to mention that again later. Um, even though Don died, his Geki soul remained, and Long was able to manipulate it, turning him into Sugu, who's basically just a mindless beast that blindly serves his master. And unfortunately, I think... Uh, People can kind of see where this plot is going. Uh, as you may remember, during the uh, Super Geki Ranger arc, uh, Ryo, recall, um, got the same feeling as the White Tiger Man from John um, when he was fighting. So you can probably do the math. Uh, John is Don's son. This is usually where the dun 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 music comes in, but it, you can see that coming a mile away. Dun, dum, dum. Exactly. Um, uh, so John is Don's son. They find out uh, because uh, John makes uh, physical contact with Don uh, and John has this scar that's left on his body. Uh, the other big thing is that uh, Rio undergoes a blood ceremony to finally get Ginky and he gets this gold griffin form. And he vows that he wants to finish his fight to defeat Don by surpassing Don to defeat John. Though uh, he wants to wait until John is stronger and a more worthy opponent. Uh, what did you guys, um, and I mainly want to talk about with Riz and Patrick since this is a huge difference between uh, what happened in Jungle Fury. Because uh, for those back home, uh, Sugu was like the equivalent of, uh, I believe his name was Weiger in uh, Jungle Fury. So this is much different than what uh, we got in Jungle Fury. So what do you guys think? I'm going to go first. Um, since I watched these episodes, I've been debating how I wanted to bring it up in the podcast. And I have two different ways I could have done this. One is I could have gone ranty and said I hate it because I, it's terrible. Or I could be more rational and give you the reasons for why it's terrible. I'm electing to go with the latter here. I'm not going to go all ranty and stuff. Because honestly, no. Um, this plot reveal was really convoluted in terms of the rest of the plot. Like, Geki Ranger is now convoluted in plot way too much. Like, we had a lot of problems with filler interacting with the main storyline, but now we have too much plot in one or two episodes, and I, I'm starting to really dislike all the stuff Don is getting development-wise. Like, we didn't need Dan to be the father of Don or whatever. Like, this could have been 
not done and the story would have been fine. All this did was give us a bratty ass little kid who once again is throwing a temper tantrum and going all walkie walkie. I don't have any walkie walkie here. I need more walkie walkie. And it truly uh, I didn't like it. I I think the biggest issue I have with this is not necessarily that his dad is in this uh, is in the state that he's in. It's how did he get like this? So I think the explanation was kind of vague and poorly it's not explained. Given. We don't get an explanation. They, period. They had a line drop that said his his soul or whatever is too strong to fully die or something. I'm like that. That's a sorry excuse. No, it's it's more like when a Geki user dies. It's okay. I really hate to bring up the Star Wars reference again, but like it's literally like you you become one with Geki Juke and like you become one with the Force. So the Geki soul is there. And long because that's how, um, because that's how a uh, Bruce E. soul kind of increased the power of the Geki Rangers earlier. So they try to imply that like Long found his Geki soul and kind of manipulated it. Yeah, I don't like that excuse. It's it's pretty lazy. Yeah, I know. Poor storytelling. Yeah, I know. But I think it's really poor storytelling to me. Honestly, though, I'm not. I don't really hate this. I mean, I it's more of just standard fare to me. I wasn't ready for the whole his mother is dead too thing. Like I I kind of like how this is going to go against what Riz said, but I genuinely liked how uh John reacted to all of this because i like yeah because i've been begging all season for him to have some kind of internal conflict for once and like he finally got it and i don't know there's just i i like this for his character and like the thing with me is while i made that comment about him being a whiny brat about, you know, doing this. I also liked it because he finally is dealing with repercussions in his life. Up until now, whatever he wanted, he just took it. Consequences be damned. But here, he has to accept a role that he didn't necessarily want. And he has to come to terms with that. Yeah. Like, if, if this had ended with him running away and quitting the Gekki Rangers and he never came back, or it took a lot more effort to get him to come back, then I would hate it. But because he went through this journey, he spent time doing his thing to kind of deal with and process what happened, and then he came back on his own. I have a little bit of respect for it. But the general premise, I feel like it's very lazy story writing to me. 
Yeah, lazy standard fare. I don't standard doesn't bother me if it's written okay. I mean, this wasn't written okay. I I didn't see anything inherently wrong with it outside of it just being very basic. And that's the thing of like this had the potential to be really good. Like this reveal could have been done in a more impactful way and given more weight to what's going on around it. If this character had been around for half the season and he had been a reoccurring enemy that they fight. Exactly. Like Yeah. <clears throat> or even like even like more references to like the original Geki Rangers would go and Mickey and this guy Dan. Like Yeah, because it we... was it was clear that Go and Rio were a part of like Master Shafu's last group of students, along with Miki. They kinda hinted that Miki was a part of it, but they never really outright said it until now. Yeah. But Dan was never mentioned in any of this nope. before. Yeah, he came out of left field. So if, yeah, if they had acknowledged him prior and made this guy, I forgot what his name was. Um, Don. Sugu? Sugu, yeah. Yeah, Sugu. If they had made Sugu a, an enemy, like, maybe back in episode 20 or something before Geki Violet showed up, and maybe had him be like a reoccurring enemy, and then when Go uh, shows up, he kind of catches on to the fighting style, and it, it's kind of like something that's bothering him, and then it gets revealed now. It, it would have be done better, be but just like with everything else, the pacing is terrible <laughs> in this season. So, the pacing is the biggest problem here, because again, we have a lot going on already in this episode without the revelation. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, the revelation was, just adds to it more. Yeah, this was the climax of something that had been going on for half the season. Yeah, but... Yeah, no, I mean... This is, the, this is what I was mentioning earlier, Patrick, that Gekki Ranger has a huge problem with how to write a story. Yeah. Um, they, they try and do a lot of filler when they don't need to. They introduce things all at one time, like, bam, 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 and you have to yeah. deal with it all at one time. Like, you could have... So many things that have happened in Gekki Ranger would have been fine had they paced the story better to give us a little nugget here and there. Mm -hmm. Is it possible they could redo this Sentai, but <clears throat> have the head writer from uh, Shinkinger take over? <laughs> No, just watch Jungle Fury and call it a day. Yeah, it, it it continues to baffle me that with the writer's strike and the 20 episodes missing on its episode count, that Jungle Fury is just better paced in general than this. Oh, it, two it, episodes, that's crazy. Yeah, it's... It's just baffling to me, and it makes this the writing of the season more frustrating because it didn't have a writer strike hindering it. It had twenty more episodes to work with, to expand on things, to grow things, but it just doesn't. To add on to that, <clears throat> all the stuff you said, and then also 
I'm assuming that Toei and the people behind Super Sentai at that point in time actually cared about their property and were trying to, you know, keep it going for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the Disney side, when Single Fear was coming out, it was hampered yeah, Disney by... Disney was trying to kill... Yeah, Disney was trying to kill the series. Yeah, we had a writer strike. Disney was trying to get out of writing more Power Ranger stuff. And honestly, if Disney did not have a contract, their era was going to end here. Mm-hmm. The only reason we got RPM is because of a contractual obligation they had to make another season. So, you know, a season that literally had five or six things working against it turned into one of the most underrated seasons in Power Rangers history. And it's uh-huh. a counterpart which had nothing working against it, just feels shallow. It is. It's extremely shallow. And I, I hate there... this head writer so much because she also did Go Sager. I hate like, her. I, and given I know... everything I've heard of Go Sager, I don't want to watch Go Sager because I've heard that season is infinitely worse than Geki Ranger. It is, it is worse than Geki Ranger. <laughs> Yeah. This one has good villains. So, I have to ask here. At this point of the review, Anthony, you told us a podcast or two ago that things get better and we're going to start to understand why the story is good. Are we there yet? Uh, We're close, but we're not quite there yet. So... So everything hinges on the finale arc for you. Yes, pretty much. Okay. Okay. I mean, I've been here before. I mean, we've been here before in the last yeah. six months with Sinkenzer. Yeah. But the problem Shin- I have... Shinkenzer wasn't like this up to the end. Well, so. the problem with, the problem with us with Sinkenzer was we had one character who we, I couldn't understand, and I was talking to yeah. The other characters are fine. They were all fantastic. But here we have sallow yellow and blue. We have a decently blessed out purple and white. And the villains are pretty good for the most part, though I'm starting to get bugged by one of them a little bit. <laughs> um so it's just I'm hoping Anthony is correct that we'll get more, like, meat and something to make me go, oh, wow, this is actually pretty cool. But in Sinkinser, I got that much earlier. Like, I started to see Takaru's point of view around, like, episode, I don't know, 32, 33. And what was that, like, 49 episodes long? Yeah. So we had a good buildup. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't immediate, right? Like, I, I complained about Takaru up until the end, mm-hmm. but I could, I, I mentioned in the podcast as we went through it and said, hey, I have a l- tiny bit more respect for Takaru for this, or hey, Takaru is actually becoming a good character because of this. And so when you get to the end and you see the thing that made Takaru one of the best reds, it felt more deserved. But what I'm worried about here is when we finally get to what Anthony's talking about, it may not feel deserved. 
that's understandable. If you if, that, if you get to the get to the end and you still feel like, oh, this is not what I really wanted or whatever, I will not blame you whatsoever. I'm just going to go about how I feel about the show, about the series. And I mean, like, that's, that's fair. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I still hold a lot of concerns with the trajectory we're on right now. Like, up until this point, I am expecting a full failure at the end. Like, I'm expecting this to end on a whimper. It won't end in an epic thing that'll make me excited or make me change my mind on the entire season or anything. It'll just end on a whimper. And I'm saying all this so that if I am surprised next time, we have something to look back at. Yeah, I'm not expecting it to flip the season to like a top five Sentai ever thing. I I just want it to kind of bring some things full circle and salvage it for me. I wanted to bring it from the F tier that it's currently living in in my brain to like a C tier. Honestly, it's sitting at C tier right now for me. John has made it an F tier for me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what do we want to give a lesson for you guys? Um, if we're going eh. just on lesson 40 go ahead Patrick I'm just eh <laughs> it's like a 5 or something like five. I want to go to lower score but at the same time it had some decent attempts at writing but it just couldn't seal the deal so yeah I think 4 or 5 is fine oh, we were just yeah. talking about 40 I feel like we kind of delved into talking about the next two episodes also we did yeah. We've already uh, talked about 41 and 42. I mean, I don't know why this... I don't know why 41 and 42 are considered a two-part, but this felt like a three-parter. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, what do you want to give it? Uh, I'll give it a six. Cool. Uh, well, okay, that leads us to a two-parter uh, where... Uh, okay, basically, uh, this whole two-parter... Um, lesson 41 and 42 is all about John trying to accept his role as uh, Rio's opponent. Uh, he quits being a Geki Ranger in Lesson 44 because he feels like he's being forced into a role that he doesn't want to be in, and then he quits. Um, and then the second part just revolves around him having to kind of come to terms with it when the other Geki Rangers get captured. Uh, he does come to terms, though. He accepts his role when... Uh, when um he uh finds a locket with Don with that was left by Don because uh it, it was an island where Dan's home villain home village was and uh he finds a locket with a picture of him and his family uh and he realizes that Don did actually love him and because you know he feels like his dad forced him into something that didn't actually care about him so he finds this new motivation to uh to um, fight and helps the Geki Rangers. Um, two things, though, which will play a part. Um, I don't know what the ma- I can't remember what the Master Shafu thing significance has, but he finds a mysterious scale on an island that concerns him. And then there's uh, Go, who also appears concerned. That will play a huge part in the end game arc. Yeah, um, when he when he found that scale, it's like okay, so Shafu knows who Long is apparently. Yeah. Well, I would hope so. And go, well, we, go we, arc. 
I mean, at this point, we know next to nothing about Long. So yeah, and and that's another issue with the yeah. villains right now is that they're getting worse. I mean, I don't, I don't mind that we don't know anything about Long right now because that that's just like a part of the finale. I was expecting everything about him to be a mystery until the finale, but yeah. we will. Shafu, really Shafu knowing who he is and being concerned about it actually kind of has me excited about where that's going to go. Yeah. Because if yeah. Shafu's concerned, it's a big deal. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, like I was saying earlier, I think the writing for Zon here is some of the best writing we've gotten for Zon in the season. Yes. Like, he feels the pressures of life finally hitting him, and he doesn't know how to deal with it. Because he is a jungle boy, and the reaction he gave is typical for what I would expect for somebody in his position with his history. It was probably even um, more, more educated and integrated into society who would react like that. <laughs> yeah. The, the only thing I didn't like about these two episodes was the... There was an uptick in the stupid words that John used. I know. <laughs> That's just part of his character, though. And I, like, kind, I kind of wish that uh, the sub... Who, who was this? T- um, who was the sub? Neon. TV Neon. I wish they would consistently put what those words he's saying means, because it, it feels like half the lines of dialogue at this point, He's I don't know what he's saying anymore. <laughs> well, that's how, that's how the Gekki Rangers feel as well, I think. I guess that was the point, but... But, like, it doesn't help me, because at one point I was like, wait, are you... Happy, scared, excited, hungry? Are you fighting because you're <laughs> angry, or are you, are you fighting because you're happy? I, I can't tell. <laughs> Do you have indigestion? I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Patrick, I know he's full of crap, but I don't know if he's full (laughs) of air, you know? And see, okay, my issue with John when... I'm I'm, I'm viewing this very differently from you guys all, and I understand that, but it's just the fact that he decides to up and quit Right when stuff is about to go about to go down and it's getting real serious and it's like, dude, if you quit you quitting is not an option. Like lives are at stake. If you do not do this and fight with them, people are going to die. I like, mean I, in in his in his in his defense though, if you've ever been put under so much pressure that you just break it literally won't that. It literally won't, because I've actually been in that position before, and it doesn't matter how big the situation is, you won't want to want anything to do with it. <laughs> I've I've been in his shoes before. Yeah. yeah. So The only reason why I can defend him a little bit. And honestly, I think, like, when I watched this episode and saw how John acted, like, okay, looking at him now, I mean... Looking at it on my rewatch, I want to say that, yeah, maybe I can't really forgive a lot, but I was actually kind of starting to warm up to John a little bit when I watched this two-parter. Yeah. But, so, maybe that's why I kind of looked upon this Sentai in a much more favorable light after my first watch. 
But yeah, I mean, I think John. I mean, I think John is actually he was great in this episode, at least. You know what? You know what it was, uh, y'all. It was the fact that I was on Go's side when he was getting on him about about quitting and whatnot. I was literally on his side during the whole thing. That's probably I was too, but I also saw what John was going through. Yeah, I, I think Go's one hundred percent correct. They, he didn't say anything they, wrong. Made amends and was like, "Hey, you know, like." Like you did show up, you did you didn't let me down, because yeah. like Go said, if he didn't, if he decided to not show up and save them, he would never forgive him, and I wouldn't forgive him either for it. Mm-hmm. He, but he came back, so that's what that's what counts. Yeah. No, I, I think. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna give my rating for this. You can go ahead. Oh, I was gonna give mine as well. Go ahead. Um. I'm going to give this a 7. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, 7. Like, as much as it's got on my nerves, I'm still going to give it a skim to 8. I'm going to give it an 8, actually. Alright. Okay, we got one more episode. Unfortunately, Do we have to? <laughs> Not this one. Uh, Do we have to? I knew we were getting to be Okay. Oh, ho, 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 Mary, who cares? I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Z- zero out of ten. <laughs> okay, we got a Christmas episode here, guys. Um, called uh, Merry Christmas O's. It's a Ken episode. Okay, long story short, uh, Ken and Master Pion, the gazelle master, they find this kid that speaks English. Uh, He's all angry about Christmas, and he all of his lines are him speaking English, which I don't know that Sentai has a lot of episodes where characters just speak English, and it just sounds weird after hearing people speak Japanese for so much of a time. Yes, but, um, Sen- but Sentai Brown is still the the boy. Yeah, Shinken Brown, Shinken Brown. Mean, that, that was the <laughs> one where I where I thought it worked the most. Um, yeah. I give uh, Miki uh, credit for trying to speak English, though. She has like, why do you do all this? Or something. <laughs> like, yeah, her English is good. Um, but anyway, uh, they worked at um, help this English-speaking boy deal with the death of his mother and great- regain his love for Christmas. Uh, I've seen a bunch of Sentai Christmas episodes. I'd probably say that this one is the worst. <laughs> I mean... It even adapted from the... Even the it even adapted... The worst episode in Jungle Fury, and you know the one I'm talking about. What do you mean? The Meryl Monkeys episode? That was the worst episode of Jungle Fury I've ever seen. What happens in that Jungle Fury episode? I can't remember it. That was literally the episode where, like, freaking Dom had fell in love with that uh, that one chick who couldn't trust people and whatnot. Oh. Okay, yeah, that wasn't really a great episode. Um, that episode is better than this garbage. Dang. <laughs> I I want to give Ken credit because I mean I think he's being a good guy in this episode, but that kid is just so annoying. With like, I don't know, that kid really ruined this episode for me. The problem here is, dude, they took a kid who speaks English. He's from America, clearly, or some English-speaking country, but they don't. Let him talk. They dub his voiceover. And 
Because of that, it just doesn't seem natural anymore. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. What is and, it with Sentai doing? What is it with Tokusho's doing that stuff? <laughs> they also think, do that. They they done it in Power Rangers too once because I remember uh, one episode of uh, Dino Thunder where um, it, it's like an early trend Dino Thunder episode where Cassidy gets like where this kid tricks Cassidy into giving her money, giving him money so that he'll give her like a tape of the White Ranger morphing. <laughs> that kid's voice clearly is dubbed. Like what is that episode? Why can't they just let kids speak with their normal voices? I don't know, but it really bugs me. Um, New Zealand? From New Zealand? What? Oh, maybe. The kid might have been from New Zealand and he just didn't want to have his Kiwi accent. I don't know. Don't make it so blatantly obvious that it's been dubbed. Hire like another kid who can speak English like an American if that's what they want. What, do they also not think that people in the United States can't have New Zealand accents also? Yeah, really. Discrimination. <laughs> That's the white man. You let Xander keep his New Zealand accent? Plan Xander. He's not, Zan- he's not New Zealand. He's from Australia. Oh, okay. Sorry about that, but still. Like, Same he general idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed the man. I should know what country is from. <laughs> and I was like, he can have an accent and still be from the United States. Jeez. <laughs> right. But yeah, this this episode is bad. It's really bad. element out of it, it honestly does not feel like Christmas episode at all. Like this this could have been avoided, honestly, because I'm just like So, so this season is over two on episodes featuring a random kid that they team up with. Ah, Riz, you're getting your early preview for Zoo Ranger. <laughs> That's so true. Okay, so, at this point, I feel like I have to drag Zoo Ranger through the mud at least once per episode. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm ready to just defend the crap out of it and tell you why it's good later. Yeah, I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy watching you struggle to do so. <laughs> I'll reserve the right to be neutral. Like I said, I don't hate get G Ranger as much as Patrick, but I also don't love it. <laughs> I don't like it. I so, just I think it could be better. My score here is a zero out of ten. One for me. I don't oh, want to give zeros. I don't want to be mean, so I'll just give one. Well, I didn't watch it, so I literally have no saying on it. So I'm giving it a zero. <laughs> I'm giving it a negative because it can't piss me off. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's well, that's not a zero. Right. <laughs> Normally, this is where we kind of go into a bit of analysis, but I think we've kind of covered it a lot with like our tangents, where you know the like we agree that like there's really horrible pacing in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys want to give any more thoughts on like you know how the plot has expanded in these last couple of episodes, or do you think we've covered it well? Pretty well. The only thing I'm going to reiterate here is these writers love their villains and don't like their range they're cast, and they don't know how to write a story. Yeah. Okay, Toei, can you just do us all a favor and never let Michiko Yokote be the head writer of another Sentai? Oh, wait, you're going to do that with Gosei, aren't you? Damn it. <laughs> Crap. 
The only the uh, only other thing I want to add is who is the the guy that Long brought with him? Not not Sugu, but the other guy. Sanyo. Sanyo. I like yeah. him because he ends every sentence with yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Every, every time he talks, I laugh. I, I, oh, I find it. I find it funny. <laughs> you and I both. I can't take him seriously. <laughs> um, when we talk about the villains, like, uh, okay, we, we don't really have to talk about Long because we still don't really know much about him. Though we will have a lot to talk about in the next video um, podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, what? Do we think, like, you know, this is the last time we've seen them, like, do we think, do you guys think the Kenmo were good villains? Maku, Kata, Raku? I like them more than their Jungle Fury counterparts. Because they were probably one of, they were probably my least favorite part of Jungle Fury. Because they were so erratic and had no consistency to them. In here, I loved their role in this season. Genuinely. I honestly still think the Kenma set have been around for the end game arc instead of where they were. Uh, I feel I feel more of a threat factor from the Kenma than I do from Long and his group. I will reserve judgment I on that until I fin- yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll yeah. reserve judgment on that until I see the full ending. But I don't know. I think that was a good time to get rid of them. But I don't know. I'll, I could change. That my was mind. a good time to end the season. I'll, I'll reserve judgment. I want to finish the season first, and then and then I might agree with you. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll disagree with me. <laughs> I was wrong the whole time. <laughs> I guess that kind of question to ask Riz and Patrick now is, uh, you know, I think you guys have both agree that Rio and Melee are like the best parts of this. Do you still think that? Like, do you guys still like Rio and Melee after these last few? Episodes? I I think the Riz probably won't agree with me on this. I do like them a lot still, but I think Go and Ken has made the actual core team a lot more bearable. Why would I disagree with you telling the truth? I don't know. You hate no. John so much, I thought you'd find a way to twist that. They know they all suck still. <laughs> no. I, actually, I have the opposite opinion now. I don't like Ryu and Melee as much anymore. I, I still think they're good. Their writing they're has good, definitely diminished a little bit, but and Go, and, Go and Ken have really saved the core team like yeah. immensely. So, so here's my problem with Ryu and Melee. Mainly my problem with Ryu right now. Ryu he, went from having a really good backstory <laughs> and like personality and he's become generic in the last couple of episodes. Yes. Like, he he's nothing he's, more than he's a become I one note. world. Yeah, he's become one note. What is one note? Meaning he's got one one personality, one goal, one, one like goal. he's just yeah, he's just one thing repeated over and over again. Like there's yeah, no variety to his like, yeah, there's no variety to what he says he or has, does or anything. And like he had so much personality before when he saved Melee. Yeah. Like, I thought we were going to go somewhere with that. And I know we, I said Melee annoys me a little bit with her lovey-doveyness for Ryu. 
But I still think Maylin's a really good character. She's entertaining when she's in the battlefield. She is also very entertaining wearing a Santa Claus outfit or elf outfit or whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there as one of the single guys on the podcast. Like if if they toned her affection back, she she'd be the best character in this show. Hands down. And yeah. she was until like this podcast segment. But she really lost a lot of her um her weight for the story, I feel. Yeah, I can see that, although <clears throat> I think you guys will think that they rebound after the finale arc. Oh, I've I'm I'm anticipating it because if it's anything like Jungle Fury, they're going to flip sides. I'm I'm yeah. kind of I kind of see that coming from a mile away. I just want to see how it's done. Because Melee, one of the things I like about her is that we, we talked about this in the episode where her and uh, Ken got into their scuffle with his sister involved. She's not completely evil. And yeah, I want to see how she finally says, screw this and move, moves on and, you know, jumps ship. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to uh, add anything, Anthony, on what we've been talking about? Nah, I, I, like I said, I said my piece. Cool. <laughs> we really have to talk about the other, I mean, I guess, like, with the Geki Rangers, like, I mean, John has a big revelation, but I think we kind of went into depth with that. Um, anything else you guys want to give on the, uh, you know, other four Geki Rangers? I mean, Briz and Patrick have already said that, like, Go and Ken are, like, carrying this team on their back. But what do you guys think? I still don't know anything about Ron and Retsu. Yeah. Retsu's had, Retsu's had more moments, mostly because of Go. But, but Ron... Nothing for him. It's all for Go. I mean, we still saw how a little bit of him as a kid and how how, how he was before, which is better than nothing. But, but that's uh, elevate Go's Ron, perspective. Ron, on, we've like, had like three lines of dialogue that explain something about her. Like I, I, uh, I, I, I but, she's so wasted in the season. Her. <laughs> the thing I hate the most about Ron's character is that she's wasted as she has a lot of wasted potential, but then also Stafu randomly names her the leader. Yeah. And she doesn't do anything with that role ever. Like she doesn't lead the Henson and she doesn't save the day. She doesn't get any special power up. She's literally just there. And it, it, it hurts, and, it, I, and I, I don't, I, I hate comparing Sentais to their counterparts, but I feel like it's, it's only the, the best way I can get across some points, especially when uh, Ron's counterpart is one of, if not my favorite, Yellow Ranger and Power Rangers. Yep. Because Lily is an amazing character, 
And for me to see her Sentai counterpart just be so sidelined from the start, it's just ridiculous. And I've said this before, I've said this like five times already, you had three characters, it's not hard to develop three characters, it's a lot less people to focus on. The fact that Retsu and Ron got so, you know, ignored is just ridiculous. And that's the biggest reason why Zon has ruined Geki Ranger for me. Because, honestly, I think Retsu and Ron had a lot to offer us. Yes. There, there's so much we could have gotten from Retsu about his art, his personality, his interest outside of here. Maybe see what happened to him for him to go from the shy kid to the confident. Yeah. Retsu we see here and, and we, we learned that we learned that Ron was from a a pretty high class family herself but that's it that's all we know that's, that's literally all we know there's more well, to we it even, we don't <laughs> right? even know that no because we don't even know that she's from a high class family because... I mean if she's having an arranged marriage that usually signifies that she's from a higher end family I mean, it's kind maybe. of it's kind of context clues more than anything else, but I mean, okay, so it's definitely a possibility. I'm not discounting that. Yeah, but we don't know that for certain. Yeah, but yeah, the I fact mean, that it's not even outright stated is like, come on, give us something. <laughs> I mean, okay, so he, here's another way to look at it. They may not be like really super wealthy, like how. Um, Summer and RPM sees a rich girl and she turned from being a rich little girl to having to survive in the desert and become an RPM Yellow Ranger. Yeah. Like, you know she's rich. But here, she could have been rich or she could have been an everyday girl who just had an arranged marriage because in Asian countries, arranged marriage is not just for the rich people. It's for everyone. Fair enough. So, yeah. I don't know that to be true. That's why I'm kind of fighting back to on you yeah, but the fact no, this is not something. The fact that just table scraps are all we got for her. It's 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 sad. I mean, we had potential here. Yeah. And honestly, I know they're not rangers, but I feel like we have a lot of wasted potential with the uh Kensei. Because mm -hmm. they are some of the more interesting characters to me. Like, I like Sarki. I like Elahan. Despite Elahan being a huge Master Rosie, I like I like his character for the most part. Um, yeah, and Gazelle's these guys... Cool. Yeah, and they all had them to have character growth episodes and stuff with, but no. Nothing. Right, like... I would have loved to see some more... From them, but we don't get anything. Period. And so. the, and the part that infuriates me with that now is that we're entering the final arc. I know that nothing's going to be done with them now. Th they well, this yeah. was this was their and, last chance to do anything with these two characters, and and that's, it. that's why I said um, on the Ron Filter episode, this is too little, too late. Yeah. 
Because to go 36 episodes with nothing and then drop us a little bomb and then walk off and not do anything with it again. I mean, it's wasted potential at this point. That's, that's kind of the theme of this season. <laughs> really. The cool I, cool ideas. Away. Cool ideas, cool concept for characters, but it's just entirely mishandled. But again, an ending, I've said this before, an ending can save a season, so I'm curious to see how this all wraps up. Yeah, but I will say, an ending can save a season only if there's a little bit of build-up prior to the end arc. Oh. We, I mean, from your and I perspective, we don't know if that's happened or not. <laughs> so, right. and so, so, yeah. I'm just throwing it out there that we we can't walk in and say, oh, two good episodes will forgive the entire season. We don't know that'll happen yet. I mean, they're already kind of building up with, like, you know, Rio wanting to fight John in, like, one final battle. So they're kind of giving some build-up for it. Yeah. Build-up for that, but, like, there has to be something really big to turn the season around for us. Uh, some, something with John and his father is going to happen. There's going to be a big revelation that's going to make Rio and Melee like... They're going to make them decent people. They're going to make them shake and maybe jump sides. There's, gonna, there's something about Long that we don't know yet. Like There's a lot that they can do to maybe to make the season worth it. In the long run, long, so long is the distant nephew, twice removed of Radagask from Setman. <laughs> Radagask. <laughs> I think you guys will be pretty impressed with Long and the Endgame arc. I hope so. You think so, Anthony? Yeah. Do we want to add anything else, guys? Nope. I'm good. Because I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, curious yeah. enough, whenever we get done here, I'm going to sit down and watch the rest of the episode because I want to see how this ends now. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, I mean, you want to add anything? No, I'm good. All right. That's well, guys, uh, once again, uh, we are entering a the final arc of Asentai. Next time, we are going to be taking a look at lessons 44 through 49. Uh, which will cover the Gagan Ranger in-game arc, after which we will do a uh, Versus special where we compare Geki Ranger to Jungle Fury, although I do think that's good. Unlike the last one where it was kind of close, I think that's actually going to be a bigger bloodbath than I originally thought. <laughs> um, but uh, with that being said, uh, after that we will actually be stepping away from Sentai briefly to review an older Toku series called Gridman, 39 episodes. Um, then we'll move back to Sentai again when we do G-Ranger. Uh, we've been taking jabs at G-Ranger this whole time, so oh, we're going to be doing it finally. That's, that's going to be a fun series to do. <laughs> but until that time, guys, uh, we are Toku Secrets. Uh, we thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to our channel if you're not already subscribed. We're also going to give a shout-out to those who've listened to us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, 
If you are watching this on YouTube, please, of course, leave some comments down below on your thoughts uh, and, uh, you know, what you'd like for us to review. And we promise that we'll get to uh, whatever you recommend. Uh, with that being said, uh, also check us out at AnimeSecrets.org. Check out our uh, social media pages on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, once again, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We love each and every one of you guys who take the time to listen to us. And we will see you guys next time when we wrap up Geki Ranger. But until that time, we'll see you later.